Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The Lord be with you. I want to repeat part of the gospel message for you for today, the part about the parable. Behold, a lawyer stood to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is it written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to them, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? This is our text. I want to share with you a true story of an immigrant by the name of Hugo Alfredo Teliax. He came to America from Guatemala. On April the 18th of 2010, a woman was walking on a sidewalk in a New York City neighborhood when she was confronted and threatened with a man yielding a knife. Hugo happened to be on that same sidewalk, and without hesitation, he rushed to the aid of the woman and fought off the attacker. But in the struggle, Hugo was stabbed and left to die on a sidewalk in Queens. As Hugo lay bleeding, the woman and the attacker ran off in different directions. Surveillance cameras of the street filmed portions of the, the attack and some disgusting things that followed. The cameras showed that one man stopped and actually photographed Hugo with his cell phone as Hugo lay dying. In all, 18 others saw or walked by Hugo. All of them neglected to help him, even to contact authorities. The closest anyone came to assisting Hugo was a man who stopped by and shook him vigorously, but on seeing a puddle of blood, he walked away. Fortunately, fire tires arrived 15 minutes later, but by then Hugo was dead. So sad, isn't it? To be honest with you, sad doesn't begin to describe one's instinctive emotional feeling or response upon hearing that story. Despicable, nauseating, pathetic. Those words might more closely describe one's reaction to such callousness, such disregard, such inhumanity to man. How on earth... How in 21st century America could that many people literally ignore a dying man? What would motivate 18 separate human beings to behave in the exact same deliberate inaction? 18 people not showing a hint, a scintilla of humaneness or sympathy or a hint of compassion for someone's life. What is even more saddening is that such stories are not the exception in our world anymore. They seem to be the rule. People don't want to get involved, you see. I mean, they want to go to extremes to detach themselves from the reality of the moment, even if they're walking by the moment or it's flashing before their eyes. 
It seems that we are never far from another such story, are we? Jesus' story in the gospel for today tells about a man beaten and left for dead on a dangerous road between Jerusalem and Jericho. So it's not something new. Jesus knows about that. Before I get to Jesus' story, though, there's something very recent, an event very recent about a man being horribly beaten, which adds to the depressingly sad epithet on our perverse and rapidly disintegrating morality, especially a whole segment of people in our contentious and corrosive society. Seven months ago, on August the 7th of 2020, at 10.30 p.m. on a downtown Portland, Oregon street that had been commandeered by a hostile and riotous group of so-called peaceful protesters. A man was forced to crash his white pickup truck in which he was driving as he went down the street. Upon exiting his truck, the man and the woman who was with him were thrown to the ground and immediately confronted. The man was pushed further away from the truck and in the middle of the street, the mob took turns hitting the man kicking the man, knocking him to the ground. This heinous example of humanity was blasted all over cable news networks. As he lay on the blacktop crying, I didn't do anything, other protesters took turns hitting and kicking the now unconscious man in his own puddle of blood that left him on the street, the blacktop of a dark Portland Street, severely injured, bleeding. They left him for the Portland Street maintenance to clean up the next day. Video footage shows a number of people standing on the sidewalk, watching. Some passed by the man. No one gave aid, not even the idiot who was photographing the story. In Jesus' story, the Hugo story, and the man in Portland, there are passers-by who might have helped, could have stopped, but they did not. We have a little idea about why in the story of the parable. Kenneth Bailey is a New Testament scholar who knows the culture of the Middle East, ancient and current, and he explains in his book, Through Peasant Eyes, why the priest and the Levite in Jesus' parable may have decided not to help the wounded victim of a violent crime. By Bailey's recognizing, the man's injuries were such that the two religious leaders simply could not determine if their rules would allow them to help. The victim was stripped naked and beaten to the point of death. For the priest, the Levite, that meant that they couldn't tell if the man was Jewish or not by his clothing or even by asking him because he was unconscious. It was easy in Jesus' day to tell, to tell if someone was Jewish by the way they dressed, but this man had no clothes on. And when Jesus says that he was half dead, he means he's at the very point of death. So he probably could not speak. For all the priests knew, the man was dead. And if the man was dead, there were specific rules. If you violate touching a dead man, you become unclean. So he passes on by. The Levite, when you think about this, 
they, neither one could be sure that the man was one of their own. <laughs> He'd have to have be one of their own in order to be saved, I guess. So they both passed him by. The priest and the Levite had just come from Jerusalem. They were probably on their way to Jericho after two weeks of service. The priest doesn't even come near the wounded man. Jesus said when he saw him, he passed by on the other side of the road. The Levite, however, first came to the place where the man lay before he goes on and passes by this wounded and dying man. The Levite actually came close to the man when the priest chose not to go anywhere near him. But he didn't do anything, and why would he? He's an underling. Can you imagine him usurping the Levite, the, prite, the priest, questioning his wisdom, his ethics, and do otherwise than what the priest would have done? There are boundaries, after all. There are rules of engagement. Rules so strong that they seem to trump emotions and any compassion that's necessary for someone to take action for any semblance of brotherly love. Rules run over all of that, don't they? For those watching, walking by a man lying in a pool of blood on the street, the woman in Queens, man in Queens or Portland, think about those two. What was the reasoning for the inaction there? 2020 and 2021. Was it because neither Hugo nor this man in Portland was one of us? Was it a cultural thing? By what set of rules do we enjoin beating someone half to death and leaving them to bleed out, passing by them or standing by them or watching them? Is that now the American way? Is that now the rule rather than the exception in America? If it is, God help us. For God's sake, I pray that's not the way it is. The parable that Jesus tells in our text for today from St. Luke is told in response to a young lawyer full of himself, expert on the law and tradition, and also on boundaries and on rules of engagement. The young man was out to test Jesus. <laughs> Get in line. Who wasn't testing Jesus? The young man was also playing to a growing crowd that was following Jesus. You think there might have been a growing crowd in Portland following what was going on? Enjoying it? 18 people in, in Queens walked by. That's a crowd by any computation and there were cam cameras in both places and nobody did a thing for the young man though it must have been disturbing when Jesus answers his question <laughs> with a story that ends up with the hero of the day being a Samaritan <laughs> here's this guy who is hated by the Jews who goes out of his way to help a Jewish man in crisis Moved by compassion, the Samaritan immediately does what is needed and more to be sure that the wounded man is cared for, that the Jew is, survives. 
even to the extent that he binds up his wounds, puts him on his animal, takes him into an inn, and rents the room for him. Bailey comments on that Samaritan putting an inn, a Jew in an inn probably in Jericho in those days would be like putting a with a Plains Indian walking into Dodge City in 1875 with a scalped and wounded cowboy. You check him into the room atop a saloon, you spend the night taking care of him, that Indian would be fortunate to get out of Dodge alive the next day. But that was the courage of the Samaritan, isn't it? Not only the courage to save the man, but the courage and compassion to ignore the rules. Take him to an inn. Care for him. At least attend to him. The young lawyer sought to test Jesus by asking a question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I hate it when someone answers a question with a question, but this one's pretty good because Jesus answers them with two questions. But when Jesus answered the lawyer's opening question with two questions of his own, what is written in the law? How do you read it? It was clear that the lawyer was going to be the one who was tested that day and not Jesus. He knew the law. There's no doubt about it. His answers clearly show that. But he didn't understand the scope of the law or the boundaries that the law encompassed. Thus, when Jesus affirms the lawyer's answer, you have answered correctly and charges him to do this, and you will live. Any presupposition of mastery over the law or lording over that teacher just disappears with this weak-kneed follow-up question that sounds like he was couched in smugness. And who is my neighbor? For the young lawyer, my friends, and for you and me, the parable of the Good Samaritan prompted by the lawyer's question ought to be a humbling lesson on the power of compassion, the boundaries of love and mercy. When Jesus was questioned a second time, asking who is my neighbor, he got a lesson that he did not expect. And we have the same lesson. It's very clear in the unequivocal answer who your neighbor is. When somebody asks who's my neighbor, it's the very next person you meet. No matter what, that's your neighbor. When it comes to love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, all the rules are broken. All the fences come down. All the barriers are overturned. There are no boundaries. There's no cultural divide to cancel. There's no shaming, virtual or otherwise. Any prejudice dissipates when compassion and mercy wins. When it doesn't, we all lose. We lose our sense of humanity, of love, of compassion. Since the earliest days of the church, listeners to Jesus' story have seen that the Good Samaritan is like a Christ figure. Which makes sense, doesn't it? We are the wounded and the dying. 
We are the broken and half dead. Actually, we are completely dead in our trespasses and sins. And yet, as so often happens with Jesus, he sees your need. He's moved with compassion for you in many ways, in ways you can't even imagine. And he will pay dearly for that compassion, won't he? He'll take all of your wounds and mine, and he will die your death and mine. Where people passing by in Queens and those looking on from the sidewalks in Portland and the two men of God who were afraid to act to save another human being, Jesus acts without hesitation. He acts willfully. He acts decidedly. And because of that, you and I are rescued and cared for beyond anything we might ever have imagined. His mercy is prodigal. It's extravagant. He is for us a living sacrifice. May we do the same the next time we see our neighbor in need. May we never pass by on the other side or stop to take a damn picture or to look but not to touch or to see but not to act out of love and compassion. Rather, may we know no boundaries, no rules of engagement that trump our emotions so much that it keeps us from showing mercy and compassion for our neighbor. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Do this. Do this, Jesus says. And you too will live. Amen.